All right, everyone, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kalipa, and on today's episode, we have Gabe Yanez. Now, if you're a part of the NC Fit Collective or our partner program, you definitely know who Gabe is. You've probably exchanged an email with him or got on the phone with him, and he's in charge of our sales and marketing at NC Fit. Today, I wanted to talk to him about what has he learned talking to hundreds, if not a thousand gym owners over the phone the last couple of years. What has he picked up on, and what can we share today to make an impact on other owners? In addition, he has a long-standing sales background, and I wanted to learn from him, you know, what motivates him, what does he think about when he's out there selling, and we share a lot of that information today. If you don't know what the NC Fit Collective is, if you don't know who Gabe Yanez is, go ahead and check out the link below in our podcast description and notes to get a free trial to check out the collective and check out our NC Fit Partner Program. Now let's have an awesome conversation with Gabe. There's a few gems in here that I really, really appreciated. Things that I'm going to write down. I hope you do as well. Let's keep rising times. Let's keep getting after it and have an awesome one. Let's go. All right. So we are behind the scenes with Gabe Yanez. And as I mentioned in the intro, Gabe has been with us now. Actually, did you just celebrate your two-year anniversary like today? Not today, but I think like within the week, it's been two years. It's been two years and a lot's happened in two years. And I, I wanted to, you know, kind of talk to you, Gabe, because we have quite a few collective gyms. Uh, many of the owners, many of the coaches, they know who you are. Uh, they know who several people on our team are they've interacted with. And I think going behind the scenes with you is appealing to me for, for two big reasons. One is you're uniquely positioned to shine insight on the industry because you probably talk to more gym owners than almost anybody in the field. Because for a while you were taking 10 to 12 calls a day with gym owners about our program, the NC Fit Collective, um, and just in general, you're talking to different gym owners. And then as of recently, now we've hired some new people who uh, support you on that. But you're saying, you know, you talk to five to six uh, a week, and that's on the phone, not to mention all the ones that we interact with on our collective Facebook group, the private Facebook group. So I wanted to talk to you uh, just on like behind the scenes of the fitness industry. And I also wanted to give people who engage with you through the collective, through the NC Fit Partner Program, a little bit more insight on, you know, your background and how you found NC Fit and the sales side of things. So that's what I want to dive into today. Yeah, man, I, I love it. And to clarify there, you know, it was 10 to 15 calls and emails a day. I think 10, 15 calls, I would have I don't think I'd still be here if that's how many calls I was taking a day. <laughs> but um, no, it's it's definitely been a lot, a lot of touch points, you know, at NC Fit from, you know, our commercial gyms to the collective, like we pride ourselves in touch points with our customer, right? Whether it's our members and that being front desk coaches, general managers, or, you know, our collective gyms and making ourselves accessible. And so that's a really big focus for me. And now for the team that supports me is being accessible to answer questions in the Facebook group on, on phone um, or via email and to do that in, in a timely fashion. Um, and always there's no question that you shouldn't be asking, right? There's no silly question. There's no question that doesn't warrant you reaching out. We want to make ourselves accessible. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a lot, a lot of touch points, a lot of talking to coaches <laughs> and um, it's been fun. And meeting them in person and then engaging with them through the summits and different things. And so I think, like I said, you have a unique vantage point. Um, and so why don't we start here? 
you came to NC Fit from Peori. Peori, formerly known as Pure Pharma, yes. Formerly known as Pure Pharma. And I'll never forget this. This was like two and a half years ago, or maybe like two years and a couple of months ago. I was in Europe with my family. We were celebrating um, my daughter finishing her leukemia treatment, which was a big deal for us, uh, obviously. And, and so we're, we're, we're traveling. And I got on the phone with you because it's like a, a, the last piece of like a interview process. You had already talked to like MDV and, or, or Matt or whoever you had talked to. And you asked me a question because I'm not very good at this whole interview thing. I just like to talk to people. And I, you asked me a question that was really interesting. Um, you said, what would define success for you? You were talking to me um, with me coming onto the team. And I found that to be really interesting. So um, what was the tactic there of you asking me that? Because I thought it was really cool the way you wanted to set the expectation from the beginning on what was success for you coming over. And then I want to dive into your background on, on Puri. You know, that's really cool too. Well, I think it ties into, you know, the podcast you did recently about, you know, clear communication and expectations and how important that is with, with a team that you're going to join. You know, for me, it was super important, you know, as you being the CEO and the final, you know, sign off on me joining this team for me to clearly understand what you were going to see as me coming in and doing my job well, so that I can, you know, go in there with that clear picture. Um, because to what you were saying in your last podcast, like if, I just come in and obviously you're expecting me to do a good job, but I don't know exactly what a good job is. It makes it really tough for me to, you know, come up with a plan and, and execute on that. So I think that, you know, that was a really important thing for me to hear from you so that I can be like, okay, let's go in. And that's something that I can do. And if it's something that I think is unrealistic from day one, we can kind of put out like, hey, here are the changes that maybe we need to do to get there. Um, and there's just that open communication from, from day one. Um, so I think it just ties in perfectly to what you said last time with the Starbucks example. Yeah, the Starbucks example, if you didn't check that out, it was with the Ash and I went to Starbucks and we, I gave an example there. But no, that stood out to me because it was really interesting to me that you asked me that question. Um, and I, I found it to be really insightful. Um, so let's, let's, let's back up a little bit. Um, you're bilingual. Um, you speak Spanish pretty well, not quite as good as me, but you're pretty good. <laughs> and, and <laughs> um, but your, your background, um, how did you get into sales? Because for, for NC fit, you know, you're really on the kind of like sales, uh, uh, and marketing side of the house, but you know, you've earned that right through a lot of experience that you had. So where were you at before Peori? Um, that kind of led you to the, these things and then brought you to NC Fit as we're getting to know more about behind the scenes, Gabe Giannis. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it's in, similar to kind of, you know, your story starting, you know, at the health club and, and selling memberships there. Like I started at like my first like real job, I would call it, because I did some lifeguarding before this, but, you know, my first real like full-time job was at a triathlon shop. You know, it was at the time I was a big runner, swimmer, started getting into triathlons. You know, I got a job at a local shop by my, um, where I went to college, mostly because I was like, Hey, I can get some really good discounts if I work of here. Course, yeah. And, um, you know, pretty soon, like I was on the floor, we were selling sneakers, we were selling all sorts of things and we worked on a team commission, right? So it wasn't that you got a commission on, you know, the shoes that you sold or just what you sold. It was as part of your shift, they would kind of take everything that was sold then and it was distributed evenly. 
And I remember that really clearly because I, I really appreciated how that made it all about the team. And there was never like an awkward, like, you know, if someone knew shoes better or if someone knew electronics better, you know, it was super easy to hand off the customer so that they had the best experience because there was no like, well, I want to have the big sale because it's going to help me. There was right. just really good team atmosphere there. Um, but I, I quickly realized that, you know, the team always kind of respected the person that obviously brought in the most because you were kind of helping, you know, that shift. You're making the whole team rise up, right? Yeah. yeah. You're making them money too. Mm -hmm. So like pretty quickly, I realized that the best place for me to be in the store was not where the shoes were, which was kind of our bread and butter as a shop. Like what we did is, you know, we watched you run and recommended the running shoe that was ideal for you. That was kind of our special thing. If I stood by the electronics that were, you know, $300, $400 GPS watches and just helped those customers, I could really, really be the one that brought the most for my team. So I, I realized that pretty quickly. And I remember that made me like the go-to electronics guy that people would like hand off to me to sell these GPS watches to. Um, and it quickly like helped me within that team be, you know, the, the, the kind of sales guru that everyone went to. But it was really just because I quickly realized that like, hey, this is the high ticket item here. This is something that, you know, if I know everything about Sunto and Garmin watches, I can do a really good job selling it because the people that want to buy it have a lot of really good questions about the ins and outs of the watches. So that was my first kind of like, you know, experience with sales. And I, I just really loved the fact that like in a team atmosphere, there, there was this like really rewarding part of being the, the, um, head honcho we would call it like the one that like you know brought in a lot of the the revenue for the team i think there was always something that kind of excited me and got me going of like you know being the one that brought in the the, the dollars for the team because in any team there are all different types of roles right you know people have very very different roles that are equally as important but i always really enjoyed that like black and white return of like what i'm doing directly brings in like revenue for the team directly brings in like that bottom line that was always just exciting to me i remember really really loving my time there um from there i started getting into crossfit a little bit so you know brands like pure pharma were just kind of you know things i was following on instagram and things i was super excited about so you know when they had an opening for a sales position just naturally gravitated there spent four years there loved my time there you know it became much more of a formal sales role where i started developing more also just you know processes and ways to not just you know me with a person walking into the store me trying to sell to them but now how do you sell to you know thousands of gym owners by sending email campaigns and making sure that you have smart follow-up so that's kind of where i learned that side of things and then you know i saw a video of you it was like one of your famous like you know, selfie videos, you were like, Hey, opening on our team. And you were super charismatic, like you always are. And I was like, you know, I think I'm going to apply and, and see what happens. And, you know, two years later, here we are. Oh man. Well, dude, obviously. So you, you know, starting off in the triathlon, recognizing on the sales side. Um, one of the things that we were just talking about on the phone is that you get on the phone with all these gym owners. And, um, I, I want to start off by saying this. I think some people think that right now it's a doom and gloom situation for the fitness space or for some areas. I actually have a different perspective, mainly because I like to kind of think about the glass half full, generally speaking, right? Um, like we're sitting in a gym right now, or I'm sitting in a gym right now, and 
we just got the word today that we can now open indoors at, at a, you know, within certain parameters. That's a huge win for us. And if we position it well enough, we're going to get a lot of new people in the door. It's going to be incredible. So my question for you is you're still getting new leads who are opening new gyms. Like the fitness space is not dead. If anything, it's in a thriving position because people recognize the importance of health. I mean, and I think we, it's one thing to talk about. It's another thing to actually be a guy who you actually are seeing it firsthand. Is that right? Yeah, so we were kind of talking about where we would take this conversation before we started. And, you know, it made me realize that in every, all these calls that I'm getting on, the one thing that has stood out outside from like the normal questions that we get is noticing an uptick in people that are either opening a gym, looking to open a gym, or, you know, are kind of like, hey, I'm buying the gym that I go to now. There definitely has been an influx, at least with people that I'm talking to, that are obviously still looking to join this space that, you know, a lot of gym owners that are in it now and have kind of had gone through having to close their doors, having to completely change their business model, having to go digital, you know, for, for that group, it's been a really tough time. You know, there's no way to sugarcoat that. It has been hard. But I think that there is also all this opportunity for people that are going to step into it now where you might know this better than me, but there's probably a little bit more, you know, negotiation there to find a, a, a favorable lease, you know, and on the side that I would know better, I think that it gives people a blank slate to come in with what we know is necessary now in the fitness industry, which is you're not going to come in and all you're going to do is brick and mortar location classes. Like, you know, now that if you're going to open a gym, you have to have something digital. You have to have something that allows you to service people at home. And you have to do all these things that COVID has taught our industry. And you can start with that from day one, as opposed to having to change everything over in the middle of trying to operate a business. So I think that the opportunity there is that you kind of, you know, what everyone, you know, if you go back all the way to March, didn't know, you know, and yeah. wasn't prepared for. So I think that, you know, for people that can find the opportunity now, it is a really interesting time. And I know we've had um, even some partners that are, you know, joining NC, the NC Fit Partner Program and are opening a gym, right? Like they're going to open a gym as a partner. And I think it's super exciting because, you know, you know, you've kind of, you've learned the lessons from, from the background without having that risk of the lessons that this time has taught us. And you can kind of go in there and execute and be prepared. So if something like this happens again, you know, you're in a much better place to get through it. Because like you said before, health and fitness is essential now more than ever. Like yeah. what we're doing in our space, not only is there still the need for it, the need is, is, is magnified. Like what COVID has taught us is that, you know, the healthier and more prepared we are, you know, the, the better prepared we'll be for the unexpected. And I know that that's something in our space that we've said time and time again, but it got real this year, right? Like it really taught us that that is the case. Um, you know, sharing a super quick anecdote, you know, my parents, my entire family, um, you know, had COVID when it first started and it was a super scary and nerve wracking moment for me, but, you know, luckily they got through it super, super mild. And, you know, I, I, I don't think there's, there's a coincidence there that, you know, since I've gotten into fitness, they've been going to the gym regularly. Right 
completely change their diet. They really take care of themselves. Um, and for me, like seeing that firsthand, like the people that matter to me the most, you know, get through this that, you know, some people unfortunately are, are having a tough time with because of everything they're doing and because of everything they're doing through what we offer in the fitness space was like a really like really important wake up call that we're doing something essential. We're, we're very, very important to, to the world right now. So I think there's opportunity. I think it's an exciting time. And I think it's a time where we need to step into that. And, and if anything, double down on offering what we're offering. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, you know, COVID it's a brutal thing. And, and uh, I know quite a few people have gotten it and it, let's just put it this way. There's exceptions to the rules and different things, but if you're in better health, if you're taking care of yourself for a variety of different ways, you're going to be more times than not in a better position. Right. And, and obviously again, there's anomalies. There's, there's very oh, of course. Yeah. But, but health has, has came to the forefront as, Hey, let's, let's try and, let's try and get as prepared as we can through, through fitness, through, you know, nutrition, through, you know, all those different things. And so, you know, I wanted to ask you, you know, you get on the phone all the time with these gym owners. And one of the things we were discussing, you know, and you brought it up, you said, you said essential, right? And I, I would agree with you. I think the gym is an essential part of, of my life, right? Where I come here, I de-stress, I, I, you know, I have my friends, I, I get in my exercise. It's very important to my day. Um, when you think about gym owners that you talk to on the phone, what, what would you say, and you know, you know, my perspective on this, but as far as reframing sales in their mind, right? So you, you got started in the, in the triathlon space and, and, and selling, and you wanted to kind of be the guy who supported the team, which I totally get. And I get that side. And then you, you found these things you're passionate about, which was triathlons and then fitness and whatnot. But what do you think from a gym owner perspective is holding some of them back from a sales perspective? Because how many times, how many, how many calls do you get on and you, and you end up talking about sales with gym owners? I'm out of curiosity. Like how to help them with sales or like, yeah, just, just in sales in general, how many calls do you take a week or a month that are sales related? Yeah. I mean, I, I think everything back to, to being sales related, right? Um, in some way or another. Some are super direct where they're like literally asking like, hey, like, you know, how do I get more people in the door to purchase my membership? But I think, you know, at the end of the day, marketing ties into sales, you know, the, the, the product you're putting on the gym floor ties into sales. I forget where I heard this, but I heard it recently and had to be a podcast. I wish I could give the proper podcast credit, or maybe it was the Mark Cuban book that I've been, I've been listening to. But, you know, Another thing you have to realize about sales is that most of it, you know, 70%, 75% of it happens before you actually get on the sales call or have the no sweat intro. They've already gone through your Instagram. They've gone through your website. They've, they've already made three quarters of the decision, the sales decision, based on all the content and everything you're putting out there that they can access they're just coming in for that, you know, either call reassurance or, or whatever right. it is. They're yeah. just coming in for like you to lose it. That's it. You know, it's, it's like your membership to lose at that point, because the fact that they've either called you booked a free class or walked in the door is because you're already 75% of the way there based on your website, the sign you have out the door, whatever it is. And mm. I think that that's really important for people to realize because it, it makes it, them realize how important all the 
the other things are doing and that people are watching and how important marketing and putting your brand story is out there. And also it takes a little bit of pressure off of you from the quote unquote sales call or sales meeting or no sweat intro because you're already more than half of the way there. Now just don't mess it up. Get out of your way. You know, uh, answer those questions. Close it, but you have to realize that they've already gone above and beyond to, to kind of come to you and, and book that call or whatever. So if that's the way you approach, like, for example, you took, you've taken what hundreds and hundreds of calls for the collective, mm -hmm. right? And when you approach it, do you approach it? I mean, is that, is that the way you're approaching it? Yeah. Because I mean, they're already calling you, right? I mean, 100%. I mean, the fact that they've reached out, signed up for a free trial, you know, whatever it may be, like they're already more than half of their way there. They're bought in. They just have a couple of questions. They might have a couple of concerns. And again, like I always think about it, like it's, it's my sale to lose at that point. And I honestly think that that mindset shift like helps. It takes a little bit of pressure off because one of the toughest things about, you know, actually selling. And one thing that I think makes, you know, a lot of gym owners or even a coach trying to sell PT really struggle with this is the fact that like, you know, obviously getting a no is, is tough. You know, it's, it's really tough and it, it, you don't want to fail. So you don't want to put yourself out there. So I think that really telling yourself that, Hey, I'm almost, you know, over halfway there, um, really makes it easier to just go out there and be yourself and not get super nervous and not mess it up. Because I do believe that that final touch point is just, you just have to get out of your own way. And most of the times people are just getting in their own way to, to, to kind of close that deal. Um, especially in our space, I think that it takes a lot for someone to walk into a gym. It takes a lot for them to book a free trial class. Like they could have done so many other things. The fact that they walked in, like they, they're begging you to have them sign up for a membership. They're like asking like, please make me finally do this thing that I've been thinking about for three months. And if you think about it that way, it makes it so much easier. You're not making someone sign up for a gym membership that doesn't want to be there. They're there. You're, you're at the goal line. You're at the red zone. Like just push it over that finish line. I'm Dude, I'm, I'm, hey, look, man, I think that mindset does make a, a big difference, right? Because someone comes in your gym, you're anxious or, or whatnot, but th th them walking in is already a big deal. I mean, they're, they're already saying to you, hey, we believe in your product. We're, we just want to get reassurance that we're at the right place. And especially a gym, you're, you're right. I mean, these people, you know, especially through this COVID time, I, I was, um, I've met at least three or four people in the last like month who have each lost like over 50 pounds through COVID. And now they're, they've made those, those life changes. And now maybe they want to, you know, move on to the next step of coming into a gym. Maybe they've built the comfort, the confidence to come in. And all you need to do is just show them a very, uh, open, inclusive location, which I think is, a, 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 a great and it just drops it down to almost nothing and i think another another helpful thing to think about too is because again this doesn't mean that if you make that mindset shift now all of a sudden out of 10 people that you know book a call with you or come in 10 are going to sign up right like right at the end of the day that's unrealistic but i think another really helpful thing to think about and like really know to be true is that the sale will happen when you say the right thing to the right person at the right time, right? Like those three things need to be in line. If one of them isn't, it might just not be the right time. Like follow up, make sure that, you know, if someone does come in, like you have that email and phone number and you're nurturing that 
once a month. You know, there's plenty of people that have gone through our free trial for the collective and it's just not the right time. And that is perfectly okay. They'll get an email from me a month from now, two months from now, three months from now. Anytime we change something and it's, it's, you know, an excuse to give them a little information that we added a new program or now we're in sugar wad or, you know, we've improved the service somehow. It gives us a reason to reach out with another touch point where maybe now it is the right time and the right message for the right person. Like you don't know when those three things are going to be in line unless you're constantly following up with people, constantly trying different messages because it's when those three things happen that they'll convert, but you can't just try it once and then be like, oh, well, that it, they're never going to be a member um, because you're losing a lot of opportunity. there. So it's the, the right message from, say it's again. The right message for the right person at the right time. The right message for the right person at the right time. Yep. Okay. I get it. That third variable makes a big difference, right? It could be the right message at the, yeah, I get it. I love that. So I want to ask you about the resources because, you know, you get on the phone, like I said, you have a unique vantage point. And I think your perspective on sales definitely stems from your background. And then, you know, what you've done with the collective, the partner program, NC Fit has been really remarkable to see over the last two years and the growth that we've had, um, which is a testament to kind of like that right person, right place, right message. <laughs> I'll have to go over it. But I want to ask you on the resources side for gym owners, they call you, they're talking to you. What advice would you provide to an owner who doesn't have the same access to um, exposure to different owners like you do? What is a common theme that you've seen and what type of takeaway do you have that might be able to help them? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think that, you know, for, for gym owners that are really trying to sell their gym, their membership to, you know, the, the end consumer, you know, I think that I've been super fortunate that I've been around a team that really knows the product that I'm selling and I've been able to absorb so much of that so that I can speak to it in a way that, you know, like I was saying before, I get out of my own way. When they have a question, I can answer it. And that's because, you know, MDV, shout out MDV, who's, it's his birthday today, you know, like him and the coaching team, like they know their stuff so, so, so well that, you know, in my first two, three months with NC Fit, you know, handling the collective at the office, just asking questions and absorbing, you know, sitting in on their programming meetings and, and watching MDV, you know, talk about like why we're doing this and reading the programming focuses. Like I've had all the resources I need to know the product that I'm selling, like the back of my hand. And I think that for a gym owner, that should be even easier for them, right? Because they're usually also coaching the classes they should understand the programmings and class that they offer and, you know, everything that goes into what they're selling, they're deeply ingrained in that because I think that it just comes down to, you know, the resources you need to sell something is actually understanding and buying into what it is you're selling, which I was fortunate to have. And I think gym owners, you know, have just by making sure that they are still coaching a class every now and then if they're a coach, watching their coaches coach, really understand what makes your gym and community unique so that you can then tell that to that person that's coming in for that last 10% to join and, and, and grab a membership. I like that. It's a good perspective too. Yeah. I think 
setting that stuff up. And so as you're getting on the phone with owners, like, is there a number in mind? Like when you talk to them about like their plans, their growth, their goals, is there a typical goal that gym owners have with incorporating our programming or, or not even our programming aside, like where they want to be as owners? Do they know what that is? Like what, what is their strategy, their, their goal for their business? Do you ever talk to them about that kind of thing? Yeah. So I think that a lot of times, um, you know, it, it is very in line with what it is that we're trying to do with the collective, which is, you know, them allowing them to spend less time in their business and, and instead so that they can work on their business. Right. Like a lot of people do finally come to that realization that, Hey, I love programming, but I should be selling. And this is going to open up my time to sell. I think everyone's goal that, calls is because they're at a point where they're just not happy with where their business is financially. Like that is what it comes down to, right? Whether it is that they want to bring a little bit more home or they want to be able to provide more for their team. I, that's definitely the common thread in the gym owners that reach out is, you know, my business is here. I have a goal for it to be here. And obviously that is very different depending on, you know, where the gym is, how long they've been open, but that tends to be the general rule is they just want to grow their business. And I think that there are still some gyms that the gym owner wants to program and the gym owner wants to be coaching all the classes. And they're just like super, super involved in that process. And, and that's fine. But you know, you've said this a million times. It's, it's, I think that that's still kind of on that. Are you treating a business as a business or are you treating it as a hobby, right? If you're doing the programming and the coaching because you love to do it, that's great. But you have to be okay with the fact that that's going to limit your business growth to a certain extent. If you're happy with that, that's all good. But I think that the people that we talk to work with and really embrace using all the tools that we make available are those that are ready to professionalize it a little bit because they know, you know, my time is not best spent writing programming and session plans and something that, you know, a team of experts is already doing a great job at. I should be right. doing other things that are going to grow my business. So yeah. I think that that's, you know, the, the, the common thread and, and that's why people, you know, join and, and see the benefits immediately. It's because they're kind of ready to take that next step. And so when it comes to the next step and I have to shift, um, with some of the resources that we provide, what do you find that we provide? Aside from the session plans and the programming, what business tools do we provide that are most useful for the gym owner out there? I'm, I'm curious because whether you're a collective member or you're not, right? I want to share this information with you so you can either go get it yourself or whatever. What, what do you think is most used out of all the resources? Because we have the collective corner and all the resources that we provide on more of the business front versus the programming front. What do you think is the most used and why? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the programming session plans are the beaten potatoes of what we offer. Right. But like you said, right. there's so much more that goes into running a successful business. And if we have those tools, if we've already created them for our own locations, why not share them? That's kind of our approach, right? Like we want to focus on programming, but if we make job descriptions and a job leveling criteria and you know, the, the um, coach evaluation forms, like why not share those? Um, and I think that those are actually the ones that are, that are most used because like I said, gyms that join the collective are ready to go to the next level and going to the next level is allowing their team to professionalize and really put procedures in place so that, you know, they can deliver trajectory to their people, 
in their team, right? Because giving your coaches clear trajectory, giving them feedback, allowing them to grow, you know, your coaches growing is going to make your business and the product on the floor grow. So if you can do that with the tools that we have available, like that's what I see people using a lot, especially because, you know, in the, the, the collective is really for coaches and coaches development. Whereas, you know, now the business side of development stuff is, is something that we're really diving into deep with our partners. Um, so I think that that's where we're going to provide that support on a deeper level. But I think there's so much value from just professionalizing and, and, you know, diving into the systems to give your coaches trajectory, which you can do with those tools. So the, so the, um, job leveling criteria, which kind of what that does, it has like a ranking system so that it can show like the growth, um, mm -hmm. the coach evaluation form. I would say that's the biggest. Yeah. The coach evaluation form and then, uh, job descriptions that we said. Yeah. I mean, that's another one that's just like, it's just like a simple time saver, right? Like, why go through the process of like writing a, a part-time coach or head-time coach job description if we've already done that? Um, right. I think that that's, you know, more of just a simple time saver than like, you know, this incredibly valuable document. I think the coach's evaluation form, there's so much thought that has gone into how we evaluate coaches, what goes into that scoring. MDV and his team has done a great job with that. Um, so I think that that's a really valuable tool that's pretty unique to, to what we do. Okay. And so for those of you, if you listen to the previous X amount of podcasts, there's one where we do go over the coaching evaluation form. Um, but if you don't, if you're not part of the collective and you want to know what that is, I mean, essentially it's just our way of quantifying a coach's performance. And if you, whether you, you know, talk to Gabe and, you know, you know, become a part of our whatever, or you do it on your own, that's fine. But you, you, you want to have something that's quantifiable, you know, to quote CrossFit here, uh, quantifiable, observable, and repeatable, right? So what you want to do is you want to be able to quantify the results, observe what those scores looked like, and then be able to retest and see have you gotten better or worse. And that's really what the coaching evaluation form allows us to do, um, which is why. So that's one of the additional tools we offer to the collective. So if you don't have that, um, I'd recommend going and 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 either building your own or 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 come back to us because that is a way to kind of get yourself out of treating it like a hobby and more like a business. And so you know, kind of to wrap up some conversations here. I mean, you've been in the trenches talking to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of owners on a variety of different platforms. You've integrated some new technologies into our organization and ways for us to streamline. Coming into NC Fit as a, as a third party, you know, unbiased, right? You just came in, you kind of knew who the brand was. And as you were a part of it, you've done a, a bunch of different things. Um, what do you think we could have done as a company earlier on that would have sped us forward quicker? Because chances are, if we would have done it, other owners maybe should be doing it too. Man, that's a really good question. Um, and I think that it, it comes down to, you know, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but really embracing a lot of the tools and technology that big companies that we should be striving to be are already using. I think that, you know, and to no fault, to, to, to your own, you know, I think that the, the art industry specifically is so old school and it's so hesitant to moving forward that, you know, things like having a CRM system, having, you know, a system that streams on how your team communicates internally, we use Slack, having, you know, something that is sending, you know, nice branded emails and can track everything, you know, 
so that you're not just typing everything and, and, you know, BCC everyone you're trying to email. Like all of these things are things that are so necessary for you to track and scale that, you know, it's been a little bit of a process to even get our team fully bought in and to embrace these things. And I think that, you know, the, the, the problem there is that we're almost holding ourselves back. Um, and I think that in general, I think our industry is a little hesitant to use these things. Like we're so easy to, you know, Hey, I do everything over text message and email and that's all well and good to a certain point. But, you know, I'm a big believer that, you know, we should aspire to be, you know, as big as, you know, the Pelotons of the industry, you know, the Nikes, like there's no brand or company that we should look as like too big for our goal for NC fit to get there. And I think that, for any gym owner listening or any individual, you know, coach listening, there shouldn't be any coach or other gym uh, that you look at that seems to be too big for you to aspire to get to. And then what I think about is what are they doing? What are they using? What does their Instagram page look like? And yes, you might not have the tools and resources to mimic all of that day one, but you can start with one little thing, right? Like if you find out that, you know, that, personal trainer that you're aspiring to be is, you know, putting out content that is obviously filmed with a really nice camera, you know, try and get something that's a little bit better. Try and figure out how to, you know, elevate just 1% here and there. And I think that that is something that NC Fit could have done a little sooner, but I think that it's just kind of industry-wide and it's because everyone's hesitant to change. And I get that, you know, change is tough, but I think we need to as an industry, embrace change and try and get to where we want to get to a little quicker um, and use the tools and use the processes that leaders in the space are using and really embrace those rather than trying to keep things old school because that's where we're comfortable. Yeah. And so just to kind of like, you know, put a pin in that, that conversation, because I, I agree with you fully. It's, it's like, you know, a, a really good example is financials. And for a lot of owners out there, I fell in this category. You know, for the first year we were in business, I personally typed every single credit card twice a month to charge them. I personally typed in, you know, I know that a Visa starts with a four and a MasterCard starts with a five. And I know that American Expresses are 15 digits instead of 16 or whatever, because that's how many times I typed it in for a year. And it's because I was resistant to getting on automatic billing because at the time, this was, you know, 12, 13 years ago, it just wasn't as common, right? The automatic billing was not readily available. And so it was very intimidating for me. And I didn't, I was resistant to change. But after a year of spending my first and 15th of the month, just, just behind a computer typing in one at a time and recognizing the inefficiencies, we had to finally just pivot over. And I think that what you're bringing to the table is, is that same idea that, you know, over, over time, you, gotta, you, you have to keep up with where the industry is going. And right now, tools like Slack is a great way to integrate with your team. We're using it for the NC Fit Partner Program. But in addition to that, it would just be, um, you know, basic CRM tools or a, a, a moderately, you know, successful old, you guys remember TypePad websites were like the thing in CrossFit years ago. But now we have to evolve from that. And I think it's just looking at these people and looking at the Nikes and whatnot of the world, I think that's a really good perspective and just say, hey, they're, they're here, we're here, how do we get one step above every single month, every single year? So that's, that's, that's really, that's good insight, Gabe. And I, I agree with you, man. I wish we had done certain things years ago. There are certain things that we had done in our business. If we had just done it a year or two earlier, we'd be two years ahead. And I wonder what other things there are going on that we just don't know about yet. But hey, 
hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? You do the best you can today to try and progress you forward. And I think a, a, a quick, because I actually remembered, you know, where I learned how important that was. So when I was with Pure Pharma, we brought in like a, a consultant to kind of, you know, teach us a couple things. And he had worked for Zenny's and Zenny's was a glasses company that kind of came up after Warby Parker became like, you know, the leader in the whole like buying glasses online thing. And I feel like everyone knows Warby Parker. It's a huge brand and they've done an amazing job. But Zenny's like quickly caught up to them in that e-commerce glasses space. And I remember what he said that was a complete game changer for that team is that they built relationships with like, you know, Facebook and email marketing places and were always the ones that they wanted to choose to beta test anything new. They were like, if you have a new way to run ads, we'll beta test it. If you have a new way to send email campaigns, we'll beta test it. And they were not only like, you know, not hesitant to change. And when they see other brands doing something, they went ahead and did it but they were trying to be literally the first ones that were using new features and new technology. And I remember him saying that that was completely instrumental because, you know, not to dive into this rabbit hole a little bit too much, but like the world of paid ads is such um, an interesting space because what is super, super undervalued quickly becomes overvalued once everyone is doing it. Right. Like two years ago, Facebook ads were like, you should be in Facebook. Now Facebook ads are super, super crowded. So you kind of have to find the next thing. So I think that that space is a perfect example of, you know, if you wait for everyone to say, hey, this is working really well for you to start investing in that, you're already too late. It's, it's a really, really quickly moving space that we need to embrace. And in order to get the best undervalued, you know, exposure in those spaces, we don't need to wait to see what those big brands are doing. We have to try and be those big brands and and see what's in the forums, see what people are seeing that might be the next big thing and just experiment um, because that's the only way you're going to find out. But I I, I remember that story and I, I, I thought it was worth bringing up because especially in that space specifically, you know, things age so quickly nowadays and what's a good idea today is going to be not not so good idea next month. So you have to be quick, and and it's the only way to stay relevant. So I think that's super important. Yeah, no, it's you know from a marketing and branding from a marketing perspective, a sales perspective, I think you're right. Like Facebook ads were at a penny before, now they're at a dollar or whatever it is. And um, when it comes to the business, you know, I think the I think what you're saying is don't be reactive, but be forward thinking of where you're going. I totally get it, and I agree. Dude, you, you, you come from a really unique background. You have a lot to offer the industry. I really hope that you get on more calls, more connection with more owners because your perspective, you know, yes, coaching in gyms and doing sales is important, but all the calls, all the interactions, all the engagements, every single time you pick up something just like I do from all the different owners that I talk to and um, that information is invaluable. So if you haven't talked to Gabe Yanez, if you're a part of the collective, you got to hit this guy up. If you're an NC Fit partner, definitely hit this guy up. And if you don't know what either of those are, well, then you got to check us out. Go to nc.fit and click on there, and uh, we have more information in the show notes. But, Gabe, I really appreciate it for all of uh, your Spanish uh, fans out there. What, uh, <laughs> what's a quick sentence for your Spanish, Spanish crew? Oh, man, I'm never going to forget. Wadapalooza, that's when I first started using the, the Spanish to describe the collective to, to all our South American gym friends there. 
No, I've been super fortunate that, you know, my parents kind of never let me forget the language, but um, we'll just say hasta luego to all our collective gyms in Mexico. <laughs> all right, everybody. Have a great day. Keep rising the tides. Keep getting after it. And uh, Gabe, thanks for your time today, brother. Awesome, guys. Thanks.